Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have been looking at the Synod of Dort. This was an event that happened 400 years ago, and it's actually the 400th year anniversary of it this year. Um, Phil, do you think you can give us a quick summary of the significance of this event? Yeah, uh, 400 years ago. In fact, uh, we just passed uh, just a few uh, weeks ago. On May the 6th was the 400th anniversary of the publications of the Canons of Dort. Uh, the, these were not cannons that fired uh, explosive projectiles. Uh, a cannon is a word uh, sometimes used for uh, theological statements. Canons of Dort grew out of the Synod of Dort, uh, which uh, came together in the early 1600s in the Netherlands, in the Synod of Dort, or rather in the city of Dortrecht, to respond to some false teaching that was going on. Uh, in that region of, of Europe uh, where uh, the Reformation had taken root uh, and the teachings that had come out of John Calvin's renewed grounding in the Bible, beginning in the city of Geneva, and then it spread to other parts of Europe, uh, what we call the Protestant Reformation, and uh, took root in the Netherlands. But there was some false teaching going on. This is roughly 100 years after Calvin. That grew out of the teaching of a guy named Arminius, Jacob Arminius, and uh, he began to teach, and it was kind of a second generation thing because he was dead by the time the Synod of Dort came along, but there was a teaching that gave human beings a whole lot of credit in the work of salvation, and the Synod of Dort came together as a response to reaffirm what we believe and, and what the Bible teaches about the nature of salvation and God's work of salvation, and to cut right to the chase, that salvation is God's work from beginning to end. That's right. So the, 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 the question that kind of you know, would, would uh, codify the disagreement between the remonstrance and the, the pastors who were there gathered at the Son of Dort was basically this. What was the decisive cause of your faith in Christ? Was it God or yourself? Now, Dort said, well, the decisive cause of our faith is God alone. And the remonstrants, the Arminians would say, well, no, the decisive cause of your faith in Christ is you. And if you've missed any of those broadcasts, just go to the Gospel for Life. Just, just subscribe to that podcast. You'll get caught up on where we've been. We've gone through two T-U-L-I-P, that's the acrostic that has been popularized, um, TULIP, um, from the, the canons of Dort. And yesterday we began to look at the perseverance of the saints. Now the perseverance of the saints basically says this, that those whom God elected, those whom Christ died for, those whom the Spirit has given the new birth to, will persevere all the way to the end. So all of those who are justified will in fact be glorified. No saved person can lose their salvation. 
The opposite view, the remonstrance taught that some truly born-again, saved persons can fall away from the living God and therefore be eternally lost. So, we've looked at the theology of it. Now let's look at the the practical nature of this doctrine. Why does this matter? I mean, why are we talking oh, well, about this 400 yeah. years later? Yes. Why does, does, this, does this actually have practical implications on our everyday life? Sure, absolutely it does. And let me read something that the Remonstrants wrote. And by the way, the Remonstrants were the, were the Arminians. They, they were the ones who were saying on this final point of the tulip, the Remonstrants were the ones that were saying you can lose, a Christian can lose their salvation and boy, if you ask, does that make a Christian make a difference in the Christian life? You know, absolutely it does. Um, I, I find the, and obviously I'm not an, an, an Arminian, but I find that the doctrine of the perseverance of the saints, that, that I cannot lose my salvation, I find it to be both biblical and eminently practical. It's biblical because God has promised me in his word in the first chapter of Philippians, God has promised that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. He began the work, and he will bring it to completion. Do you, do you see that God, in that sentence of God's word, God is the actor? Yes. It's, it's God's action, not mine. God's doing, not mine. Both in the beginning of my salvation and the end of my salvation in the day of Christ Jesus, when, when, when Christ comes again to judge the world in righteousness and to reign forever. It's God's doing, and that means it's not about me. It's not, it's not about my faithfulness. It's about his faithfulness. Uh, I'm not a Christian because Phil Moran is faithful. I'm, and Josh, you're not, you're not a Christian because Josh is faithful. We're, we're Christians because God is faithful. Amen. And, and he's faithful to finish what he started. And that's eminently practical. It's, first of all, that, that's biblical, as, as I just showed. And there are plenty of other verses that we could look at. Um, it's practical, because it means I never, 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 uh, even, when I've, even when I've fallen into sin, even when I've disappointed my Savior and myself, which I often do and will. That's, that's the nature of life, and it's the nature of the Christian life. We're going to be like the Apostle Paul in the seventh chapter of Romans. Yes. Uh, that the thing that I want to do, I cannot. The thing that I don't want to do, I find myself doing. Paul said, Paul closes out that seventh chapter by saying, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And then he exults, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord, uh, that we're going to experience that. But the doctrine of the perseverance of the saints, which I said, it's biblical Philippians one, but it's eminently practical because when I go through those times in my life, when I fall flat on my face, I have the assurance that I'm held by Christ and he will not let me go. Yeah. yeah I ran into this uh, gal at the Verizon store the other day. I was trying to replace the little shield on my phone. And uh, it was so great because she found out I was a pastor. She was a PK. And so we immediately started talking about God. And she kind of had a distaste for church um, because she believed that, that some of the church just focused on some pet sins that were wrong and then other sins were allowable, whatever, you know, and she rightly said, well, you know, uh, all sin is wrong. All sin is wrong. All sin is sinful. Later on in that conversation, um, 
I said, well, this is why it matters what theology the church that you go to holds to. I go, for instance, if you believe that you can lose your salvation, and she kind of immediately said, well, I do. Yeah, you can. And then it made me, I was after reflecting on it later, if I could go and live that conversation again, I would say, well, which sins would then cause you to lose your salvation? You already said that all sins are, are wicked and wrong and evil and separate you from God. Which sins exactly would separate you from God? Yeah. You know, and it kind of reminds me, and I don't want to be unfair to our, our Armenian brothers and sisters, but you know the, the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sins, right? Right. That venial sins are sins that you need to do penance for. Am I getting this right? Yeah, as far as this non-Catholic knows, yeah, you're getting you're around on the right track. So, so venial sins are sins that you need to do penance for, you need to do works for to kind of clean this up. Mortal sins would be those sins that you would lose your justification over, right? Mm-hmm. Now, isn't that ironic? How many evangelicals have actually adopted have that actually same adopted that. Yes. category of mortal and venial sins without knowing right. it? Right. I can do some sins and I won't lose my justification, but if I do those sins over there, I will. I, I potentially could. Yeah. Right. And that's what the Armenians were teaching back in the early 1600s. I want to read something, and this is their own words because I want to be fair to them. This is out of the position taken by the Armenians. They call themselves the Remonstrants, or Remonstrants, however you want to pronounce that. But they said, a true believer can and ought indeed to be certain for the future that he is able by diligent watchfulness. Now, now what, what I want you to notice here in the language is that it's all on us. A true believer can and ought to indeed be certain, and they don't base it in the promise of God, they base it in us. A true believer can and ought indeed to be certain for the future that he is able, by diligent watchfulness, through prayers and through other holy exercises, to persevere in true faith. And he ought also to be certain that divine grace for persevering Did you follow that? Divine grace given because I persevere. Right. Will never be lacking. But we do not see how he can be certain that he will never afterwards be be remiss in his duty, but that he will persevere in faith and in those works of piety and love which are fitting for a believer in this school of Christian warfare. Neither do we deem it necessary that concerning this thing, a believer should be certain. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What a burden. Puts all the weight on the believer and it takes all the weight off of Christ. It, yes. It, it, it overturns faith. Yes. And I got to say, you know, um, you, you've spoken graciously about our Armenian brothers and sisters and you've pointed out some of their inconsistencies. This is a glaring inconsistency. Yep. If you believe that you can lose your salvation, you're necessarily legalistic because you're yes. saying in order for me to keep my salvation, I must do fill in the blank. Right. That's the very essence of what legalism is. Mm-hmm. I must perform works in order to continue to stay in the favor of God. That's right. And at that moment, you are not trusting in Christ alone for your salvation as offered in the gospel. You're trusting in something else. So not only does it dishonor God, because when Jesus says it is finished, he meant it. Yeah. Um, it dishonors God, but it also... it. it puts you in complete slavery. Because mm-hmm. which, which sins have you done enough today? <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't imagine a greater bondage than that passage that I just read uh, from, from the Arminians, that it's, that it's about us, that it's about our perseverance in, in doing good works. And it 
places such a heavy burden on the believer. It's the opposite of what Jesus promised. Uh, where is it at the end of Matthew 11? Or is it at the end of Matthew 10? Help me out, Josh. Come to me. Come to me. 11. Yep. At the end of 11, thank yep. you. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you. Yep. And it's a vision of being yoked together. Like, uh, and and if, if, you're, if you're familiar with it, or you've ever seen a picture of it, maybe there's somebody here who's even actually seen oxen at work, but, but a wooden yoke that that yokes two work animals together mm-hmm. so that they pull the weight together. And Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. In other words, I'm going to be yoked to his power. Wow. I'm, 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 I'm going to be united to him and take my yoke upon you and, and learn of me. Why, what is his? Cause my yoke is easy and my burden light. Yes. Uh, he does not come to put heavy loads on us. Jesus said, that's what the Pharisees did. Yep. You, you search far and wide to get one convert and then make him twice the child of hell as yourselves. Yep. And, you, and you place heavy burdens uh, on them. And that's exactly what Arminianism is doing to Christians, placing a burden of legalism on, onto God's people. Yes. Uh, now, are we called to good works that are empowered by the Holy Spirit? Of course we are. But as a response. But as a response. And they're non-meritorious. And, it's, and we're not earning diddly by them. Yes. <laughs> because even those works need to be forgiven. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because yeah, we all know that they're amen. spotted and stained. Yep, that's right. I love John Bunyan's when he said that uh, the prayer of the greatest saint who ever lived has enough sin in it to damn the whole world. Uh, yes. And that's why we need grace. Yep, amen. Well, you've been listening to The Gospel for Life. If you've missed any of the series on the Canons of Dort, the 400th year anniversary, just go to The Gospel for Life in your podcast catcher and you can get caught up. We hope to see you next time. Thank <laughs> you.